0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's very simple on any device you have. Never miss a minute of the show. The Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Um... Very, you know, obviously the continued conversation about what we're going to do at the border. And now we hear that the uh, that DHS is talking about releasing thousands of migrants. We are hearing about a budget shortfall unless something gets done and uh, all of this political uh, wrangling that continues to happen. But let's talk about the realities of what they're facing at the border every single day. Border Patrol agents arrested more illegal immigrants whose names appeared on the terror watch list between October and January than in fiscal years 17 through 21. And just think about what's happening. Uh, According to Customs and Border Protection, that's CBP data that was updated on Tuesday. So they are telling us that more and more people, Border Patrol nabbed 55 illegal immigrants on the terror watch list nationwide in the four month span according to federal data. Um, between fiscal years 2017 and 2021, they nabbed 30. So it's almost twice as many. Border Patrol apprehensions of terror watch list migrants hit 172 in fiscal year 2023 and 98 in fiscal year 2022. Um so on February 5th, Border Patrol arrested an Afghan national whose name appeared on the terror watch list after he crossed the southern border into California. Um And there's more and more on this that's coming in. We know what's happened here in Arizona. The, we are a target rich environment in Arizona. We have a lot of targets. And I, I'm not i it's not a scare tactic for me. It's a reality. If you look in downtown Phoenix, we have a, a big federal courthouse. Uh, we've got the well, we've got Lake Pleasant Dam close. We also got the Hoover Dam. We have Palo Verde Nuclear Power plant. We have other targets that would be here, and we are not far from the border. But the fact of the matter is these kinds of things are the national security issue. We, we hear them talking in Washington about this bill that passed, and this is the political – unless you and I get on the same page. And I'm talking right now to the people that disagree with me, largely disagree with me politically. Unless you and I get on the same page about the priorities of America. We talked economy earlier. We're going to talk economy again we are talking border now, we're gonna continue to talk about this. Unless you and I realize our national debt is out of control, that it isn't about what we spend our money on, but how much of our money we give to our federal government and how much more they're borrowing anyway until that gets reined in, it's not gonna get reined in until you and I both agree that whether they're Republicans or Democrats or independents, it doesn't matter. If they are not going to make the very hard decisions to rein it in, we are gonna face problems. Actually, the worst part about it is our children and grandchildren are gonna face problems that we've created. When it comes to the border issue, until you and I realize that this national security threat is real, the argument that we keep hearing, and this was the, the Schumer argument the other day that the, what this, this bill of aid, and I, again, I'm not against the aid for nations that are our allies. I'm not against Ukraine aid. I'm not against, I'm certainly not against aid, against aid to Israel. I think Israel needs and deserves our support, our, our undying support. And aid and the same thing with Taiwan and the aggression from China. I think we have to make a stand as the nation, as the world superpower with our allies. I think that's an important thing. But when Chuck Schumer talks about our national security and our allies national security and the special and the, and the, you know, the uh, national security of the Western world, our southern border is as open as it's ever been. And the message is out the message is out to nations that hate us. They're not going to come with ships and they're not going to come by air and they're not going to do classic attacks. We've seen that. How did they attack us? They attacked us on September 11th from the inside. People that overstayed their visas and trained to fly planes, but not land them. What did we learn from that? We learned quite a bit. We've changed how we fly. We've changed what happens in the air. We've locked the, the cockpit door. The crew has special protocol now when somebody out inside the cockpit leaves the cockpit to use the facilities, they have protocol to keep you and I away from that door of air marshals and what we do in airport security and scanning and screening, all of that stuff. What are we doing? Our southern border is being inundated and the message around the world is out. If you're going to get into America, now's the time. There's a reason why more and more people are coming and it's because they believe they're going to be able to get in. in. That's the issue. And until both sides of this conversation have an agreement that border security is now a very serious national security issue, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. And this seems to be the frustration in in many people, because if you look, here's you know how much I like to read headlines. Um, ICE proposes releasing thousands of migrants. Um Illegal border crossings from Mexico plunge after a record higher in December, which is at KTAR.com, by the way. And uh, it, it chronicles a lot of things in here of how things are down. But we also see very high numbers, which is still very concerning. The number of Venezuelans have plunged coming into this country. But here is uh, what um, one one of the officials had to say. We continue to experience serious challenges along our border, which surpass the capacity of the immigration system. Tucson, Arizona was again, the busiest sector, um, the Tucson sector of the border for illegal crossings with over 50,000 arrests. Now it's down 37% from December, but that means how bad was it when we have over 50,000 arrests? So this is um, a a serious issue. Uh, The ICE proposing this. You've got states that are very upset and still continue. You know, the state of Massachusetts residents condemn the right to shelter law, turning the Bay State into a destination for migrants. They are realizing the right to shelter laws that they have in, in Massachusetts is enticing people to come there. The citizens of Chicago, Illinois are realizing that the enticement of people to come there, migrants to go there, is because they deem themselves a sanctuary city. They want to change their sanctuary laws. And here we are watching this mass incursion of people into our country. The problem is, and I'll go back to this every time I talk about it, we deserve an immigration system we can be proud of. Our immigration system is broken. Our immigration system needs to be revamped. It should be easier for good people to come and live the American dream and contribute to the American economy. It is good for our economy to have immigrants into this country. There's no doubt about it. It is good for America but it starts and ends with border security. We have to control the flow. Right now the criminal cartels control the flow. The Sinaloa cartel not only controls the flow of the drugs into Arizona, they control the the what would be called the drug superhighways through Arizona. It is it is staggering that the American government and I notice I'm not just saying Democrats or Joe Biden. The American government is silent on this. The idea that a group has come up with an with a bill that was a step in the right direction and people said it's not good enough. So you quit and say, we gave you an option. And if you don't take our option, it means you don't care about securing the border is quitting. That's just not accurate. There are people out there that are saying, I've talked to many of them. There are some good things in there, but it doesn't go far enough. That's, that's what Juan Siskamante, congressman said on this show. There are good things in there but we need more. It's not enough. That should be the beginning of a conversation, not the end. So you want to hear about the politics of the Republicans and how they're to blame for this. The politics is on both sides because you're listening to the other side of the aisle now say, we tried, now it's over. Take it or leave it. This is the deal. That's not a conversation. That's not a discussion. That is politics. And in the meantime, more people are crossing into this country on the terror watch list. It's scary stuff. In a moment, what we know about the Super Bowl parade shooting, any updates we have. We'll get to that coming up here in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. to talk about uh the kansas city shooting and what happened we still have not heard from i I guess they're expecting at some point today another press conference with an update so what we do know 22 people shot one person dead um many of them children taken to a children's hospital the good news uh on this i guess say the i guess the silver lining on this dark cloud is that all of the people that were taken to mercy children's hospital are expected to recover to make full recoveries that is very good news um but we don't know much about the shooters or the people that were taken into custody none of them have been arrested as far as we know what we know so far is that they have been taken into custody they've been detained firearms were recovered from the scene and they did say that plural they didn't talk about caliber they didn't talk about any of those other things they just said firearms were recovered that's what we know we don't know anything about motive we don't know any of these things how many of them were actual shooters I have no clue. We have no idea what's happened. We do know that two people intervened. Uh, actually, I say I should say three. A man named Tracy Filter jumped on one of the suspects. Somebody said, "Get him!" I'll let you hear from him in a moment. And uh, somebody he he said he hoped on the he jumped on the right person. I'll let you hear from him now. This is Trey Filter talking about someone saying, "Get him!" And he was hoping he was going after the right person. couldn't see much. Um, I heard that. Uh, get him. I saw a flash next to me and um, I remember, I jumped and remember thinking, I hope this is the food they were talking about. So they get the guy on the ground and he said, I, I, I was just looking to help. They started yelling that there's a gun, there's a gun. Um, so we were pretty steadfast in holding him down there and, you know, just trying to take care of our butts there. So somebody else jumped in, a man named Paul Contreras, but also Casey Filter, the wife of Trey Filter, while her husband was wrestling with the suspect, she helped secure the gun. What What in the world has just happened? <laughs> um, what's going on? I really didn't. There honestly was not much to think about except just my husband and my kids. So Alex Perez from ABC talks about some of the latest describing part of the scene and a little bit of what we know. The ordeal unfolding Wednesday afternoon just as the Chiefs' victory rally was ending. Terrified fans running for their lives, jumping barriers. I was standing watching the stage and the shots were fired and then everybody just started running. Roughly 800 members of law enforcement were present, all rushing to the scene as police snipers scanned the crowd from rooftops. That fatal victim, identified as Kansas City radio host Lisa Lopez-Galvan, a local DJ and mother of two. So that is what we know of the victims so far. And as far as Alex goes, Alex Perez maybe ABC goes on to talk about the arrest and then these two people, the two heroes. Actually, there's three here because Trey Filter's wife jumped in on this. But here's what the, the report on the arrests and the people that helped. Police detaining three people of interest and recovering at least one firearm. And this morning, harrowing stories from brave bystanders Paul Contreras and Trey Filter seen in video taking down a man believed to be a suspect as he fled led the scene. I didn't hesitate. It was just, just do it. So I went to go tackle him and another gentleman did the same thing. The heroes restraining that person until officers arrived. I just feel we did what was the right thing, what we had to do. And so that's uh, the focus on this, that people that are willing to jump in and help and not be victims and help other people, I think is a big part of this. What are we going to find out about the shooters? And that to me is going to tell a big part of this story. Who are these people or who was this person? Was it two people in a beef shooting at each other and the crowd, people in the crowd were shot? Was this one person targeting? Why are there three people taken into custody? Were there more people involved? Was this an organized attack? You know, the Boston bombing was an organized attack. It was two brothers that just decided to bomb the, the Boston marathon. Uh, was this an attack or was this between people and innocent bystanders were shot? Which again would tell a whole different story about anyone who was willing to shoot indiscriminately in front of other people, uh, you know, into crowds trying to hit the right person. Uh, all of these questions remain unanswered uh the mayor Quentin lucas from kansas city talked about prevention that they had hoped to, to prevent something like this we had over 800 officers there staffed situated all around union station today we had security in in any number of places eyes on top of buildings and beyond and there still is a risk to people and that's the issue is how do you mitigate the risk We got into the gun control conversation because the Senator John Rizzo, the the Democrat senator from Missouri, blames Republicans and the Republican Party in Missouri because they have to answer for gun laws. I can – you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say – this wasn't just somebody that was an innocent gun owner that decided to walk out of their house that day and shoot into a crowd of people. Uh, As a matter of fact, the good people like Trey Filter and Paul Contreras, uh, they were unarmed, but they were the ones that stopped this person with the gun. It is people like that. And that's what's frustrating about the conversation that immediately it goes to the focus of the weapon. It's one of the reasons why I brought up the Boston Marathon bombing. Those were two brothers that wanted to have, and that was an attack. We don't know what This was. But if this was an attack, it could have just as easily been the same thing. Large crowds of people. How do you prevent it? How do you prevent a maniac from taking advantage of a situation or maniacs in the case of the Boston bombing? From taking advantage of large crowds where their defenses are down, their guard isn't up. They're out having a good time watching the Boston Marathon. In this case, they're out having a great time celebrating the victory, the back-to-back Super Bowls of the Kansas City Chiefs. All of that is going on. People are not thinking about those things. So we don't know what happened. And until we do, how do we make a judgment on what could have been done or should have been done to prevent it? These are the political conversations that are frustrating, not because I feel like I have to defend myself. Not at all. Not at all. It is because we are focusing on things that may not be a solution to any of the problems. More than anything else, that's what's frustrating. Uh, Coming up in a moment, we're going to go back to the economy. Retail sales have dipped in January, but the warning signs of what's to come from the barons of business. We'll talk about that momentarily as well. values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I was just sent this, um, and it's it's now uh, it's out. It's public now, but I, I have a statement from um, Maricopa County Supervisor Clint Hickman. He represents District 4. Uh have been the chairman of that. He's uh, Hickman's Farms, Family Farms. Uh, he has... Uh, Uh, been in this community for generations, that family's been in this community for generations and he has released a statement And I'm gonna read it, it's not very long. For more than a decade, it's been my privilege to represent the West Valley as a Maricopa County supervisor. The communities of District 4 mean the world to me. I grew up here, worked here at our family farm here, met my wife and raised our kids here. To be able to give back to a place that has given so much to me is an honor. But time is a valuable commodity. We use it, we never get it back. My family has been gracious and unselfish in supporting me as I campaigned, served, held town halls and breakfast with constituents. Been part of early morning and late night meetings with county business, made decisions that brought significant attention and had profound impact. All things that come with public service. I'm proud of this period of my life, but I want more time with my family. Therefore, I will not seek another term as the county supervisor representing District 4. I'm choosing to give my undivided attention to my wife, children, family, business, and my friends. I couldn't be more excited. To my constituents, thank you for trusting me to serve our West Valley Never forget the power you have as voters to choose your representatives. They can be people of courage and integrity who share your values and put the well-being of the community first. It's my sincere hope that I've been that kind of public servant for you. So Clint Hickman, who's been a guest on this show, and I've made no bones about the fact that I'm friends with Clint. I, I admire Clint Hickman. I admire the entire Hickman family. Um, and and what, what the reason why I mention his entire family is they've all been dragged into what's happened. When the election integrity conversation came up, and it should have come up, that the conversation needed to happen and people were curious and people were concerned and some people believed bad things about our elections – but personal attacks happened and personal attacks happened against Bill Gates. He's been very, very clear. Another supervisor, um, not the billionaire. Bill Gates with the county water supervisors has been very forthright about how it impacted him emotionally. Um, And Clint Hickman has been very clear about a lot of things that have happened to him. He's had people dressed in chicken costumes show up at his house. He's had uh, hundreds of people or over a 100 people on his front lawn where the police had to intervene. He's had his life threatened by somebody outside of the state who not only was arrested but has been convicted and jailed because he made death threats against Clint Hickman. And the other part of it is dragging the family business into this, the accusations that they intentionally burned down one of their barns at their family business. So before I talk specifically about this with Clint Hickman, I want to address something else. Um, I don't know many people in the Hickman family. I know Clint, I know his sister. I've met uh, some of the other family members, but I met them doing charity work in Arizona. I met them not just donating eggs, but working, showing up and cooking food, showing up and delivering food. Um, we Every conversation we've had since I've known him, most of them have been founded in what can we do to help the community? What can we do to make this a better place? That doesn't mean that you have to agree with what he's ever done or how he's ever done it, but to go after somebody's character, especially a family business that has been here for generations, I mean generations. You've got organizations here in Arizona and I know I'm gonna miss some, but you've got Basha's and that, that family owned business that now is, is owned by another corporation, but was a family run grocery chain. They also have Food City and they, they have um, AJ's. Um, you've got Hickman Farms and the generations that they've been here, Sanderson Ford, almost 70 years here in the Valley. These are the businesses that have been here forever and given back so much to the community. And they don't have, they shouldn't have their character dragged through the mud because people disagree with an election. Now, again, I was open to an audit and I don't want to go, I don't want to convolute the two here too much other than I would say to you that Clint Hickman has faced this head on. Clint Hickman faced this head on. He was a frequent guest on this show, uh, defending himself, defending the board, defending the county, defending the county recorder. And he also came on and talked about when mistakes happened. He was he, they did not run when things didn't go well. They came on, they explained it, they apologized, they hired an independent investigator to go out and find out exactly what happened. They put a bright light on what happened to make sure everybody knew exactly what happened. All of those things are true. And so I bring this up. At some point, we have got to start disagreeing in a civil way. It's unfortunate. I mean, he's leaving to be with his family. And I think that to put in to be able to put an exclamation point at the end of a career and say, I've done my job, I hope I've done it well. Uh, the guy runs a, helps run a family business. Again, he's got a family that's growing up and he's right about time. He's saying it's time for me to let somebody else serve the public. I hope I've done a good job and he's moving on. He's not even mentioning any of the negative things that have happened, but there's no way that that hasn't played a role in a lot of the things that happened. Your family allows you to sacrifice. Your family allows you to serve. He lists them here. The early mornings and the late nights and the weekends and the town halls and the things that I had to do when I was campaigning, all of that stuff they were there for. Now, I'm adding this. This isn't Mr. Hickman. This is me. Then you add on top of that, when it gets so vitriolic and nasty that your wife and your children are terrified because there are people outside of your home that want to come in and arre- make a citizen's arrest. The police have to be called. You've got some maniac that is uh, is making death threats against you that the courts deem so serious that they not only uh, uh, arrested him, they they brought him here, jailed him, and, you know, he's serving time your family shouldn't have to endure that. No one should have to endure that. You yourself, I will tell you from my perspective, it was happening to me, then it happens to me. I chose the office, I chose the time, I chose to do this. And if the arrows come my way, then I'm going to have to take them. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to do that. But my family should not have to be afraid. My children shouldn't have to worry about walking out the front door. My wife shouldn't have to worry about it. Now, how much that played a role in this, I don't know. But I'll tell you from my perspective, what kind of a person Clint Hickman is. He addressed his constituents. He addressed the job that he did. He addressed the pride in the community that he has. He addressed why he's leaving to be with his family. You know what he didn't address? He didn't address the maniacs, the people that showed up. There were a couple of idiots in the middle of the night, and they're idiots, showed up in the middle of the night at his house with flyers just to mock their family or whatever else, dressed in chicken outfits. That happened. He's never talked about it. Didn't go public with it. Probably didn't want me to go public with it, but it happened. It's it's one of those areas. It It is a blight on the system whether you like him or you don't like him as far as what he did in the office to drag his family into it. And the threaten his family is ridiculous. But this statement shows, in my opinion, who Clint Hickman is. And uh, we're going to try to get him on the show tomorrow. I believe we're going to get him in the eight o'clock hour uh, to get into more of kind of why he's leaving and legacy and what's going to happen moving forward. This is another election year. What can we expect? But, um, I appreciate them sending us, and it's it's around now. There's some stories out in the media already about this, and uh, it's something we're going to talk about. Uh, coming up in a moment, we're going to go to this retail sales. I kind of skipped this to talk about this breaking news, but in a moment, retail sales have dipped in January and what people are saying about it. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, quick reminder, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Neil Young is coming to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater with Crazy Horse for the Love Earth Tour. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 8 a.m., but you can win a pair by visiting the contest page at KTAR.com. All right, let's get on to this retail sales fell 0.8 percent in January larger than expected but there's more to this I want to get into something bigger we are hearing more and more people speaking out these are people that should be listened to when it comes to the federal deficit the FedEx uh, founder Fred Smith said U.S record debt is unsustainable we heard the same thing from Congressional Budget Office we heard the same thing from Jerome Powell the head of the Fed why are they speaking about this because the people that understand what debt can do now I, I'm not I'm not Dave Ramsey I'm, I'm not a financial expert but anybody that's ever been in debt understands there comes a point where you're underwater. As an individual, uh, there comes up, well, I've been clear about this. I've been pretty honest about it. In my business, uh, when the market went south, when the the bubble burst and the market in 2007, 2008, 2009, um, I was in a really bad place. And I remember that feeling of being underwater and realizing we don't have enough money to pay the people, to do enough work, to cover what we have to cover. What are we gonna do? And and radio was, I was involved in radio at the time I was getting my first contract. And so I, I never filed bankruptcy, but if I hadn't had the radio career, I would have. I would have needed to, I would have had no choice. I would have had to go to people and say, I can't pay you. So it took me a long time. It took me a few years, but I paid everybody I owed money to. I paid them off, but there was debt. And then there's insurmountable debt. Then there is debt that changes what you do. I have so much debt to service. I can't do the right thing. I have to do what's necessary to cover this debt every month. And this is what people are talking about. The former Home Depot CEO sounds the alarm on tremendous shift in the labor market. Here's a quote. The general population will not be duped by this aversion to try and blame inflation on corporate America. It starts at the raw materials, it starts at transportation, it starts at Energy. This is the former Home Depot and Chrysler CEO, said a whole host of things are driving this up. Wage increases. We're now seeing people being laid off. If you look at the semiconductor chips, they're laid off almost 40,000 people. We're seeing a tremendous shift in employment out there and people are being laid off. In the last two weeks, companies like Cisco, Snap, Estee Lauder, Amazon, Citigroup, UPS have announced layoffs as executives tighten their, belt, their belts among race volatility. The pace of job cuts by U.S. employers accelerated at the start of 2024. A recent report from the business firm Challenger Gray and Christmas found that companies planned 82,307 job cuts in January, a substantial 136% increase from the previous month. So who do you listen to? I mean, who do you go to for advice? You know, I look for people that are smarter than me, which is often not hard to find, but I go to people that have done it before. When I I just told you the story about my business and what was going on in the desperate place I found myself in. I have a friend who is in construction. I've talked about him often. His name is Bruce. He owns a framing and drywall company. And uh, Bruce had been through a rough time in his business. His business much bigger, much more successful than mine and remains that he remained a very successful business owner even through the bad times because he had made mistakes. He had found himself in a very bad financial situation and he found a way out and learned lessons from that so that he never put himself in that situation again and was talked me off the ledge, so to speak, in that situation. So I go to people that know more than I do. I go to people that have been there. When the guy that started Home Depot comes out and says, we are seeing a major shift. When the guy that started FedEx comes out and says, I, uh, I'm telling you right now, this debt is unsustainable. I'm going to listen. The fact of the matter is, are the people in Washington going to listen? They are only going to listen Because we all are self-preservers. They are only going to listen if they really honestly believe that the American electorate is turning on them for not fixing it the fight between you and I about what should be cut and all of these other things are what they're counting on. Punish the rich, class warfare, race warfare, gender warfare, all of these things that divide us. Women need to make more money. Uh, We have a gender pay gap. We have a pay gap between races. We have all of these things. As long as we fight with each other over this, as long as it's rich versus poor, black versus white, man versus woman, as long as we do that, we're not looking at the debt being created. How much of your wealth and my wealth, our wealth collectively is the federal government taking every year and and they are still also borrowing money at a record rate and the people that are good at business, that make money, that make themselves and other people very wealthy with solid businesses are saying this is unsustainable. It's from across all sectors. The Fed, the CBO, barons of business. At what point does the American electorate look up and say, maybe we as voters need to do something by getting rid of some of the people that refuse to address the problem. And until we do that, I think we're going to find ourselves in a very, very big issue. Just after 10 o'clock, we're going to talk about the Chandler Unified School District is being sued for six million dollars over the Gilbert Goons over the case, saying that they didn't do enough. Parents are outraged that more should have been done. Is there responsibility there? And what will happen next with this case? Is there going to be justice in this case? And is it going to stop? We'll get to it in a moment.